So I know if it's into August, marvelous one, you're more concentrated on seeing how some of these college recruits are going to end up in what school and how the baseball playoffs are kind of shaping out. But did you get a chance to see what the Bears did over in Seattle here on the sports cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari, myself, Mike Mercado. Did you actually get a chance to watch the obviously the important game in the NFL when, you know, only on four days rest, they sent a team from Chicago all the way to Seattle you know, because they really need a Monday night game on Thursday. Did you actually get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I did. I was disappointed that Joe Buck wasn't there. You know, he's he's the new voice of ESPN. He's not doing the preseason games. And I, I watched with, with great interest the first series resulting in a field goal and not much of the rest because that's about what it deserves, unfortunately, nice. a preseason game. And now, you know, they have one more in Cleveland. And again, it's hard to really make evaluations of anything, but, uh, you know, it looks like uh, Roquan's back. So as I predicted for, for Cleveland, I don't know if he's going to play, but um, I guess they didn't really settle anything. He's just sort of angry and is going to play the season and maybe leave then after the year for the best offer. But in any event, um, it seemed like they were a little bit, you know, there were no turnovers, although there were almost turnovers. <laughs> Uh, it, there were two possible turnovers even in the in the first uh, series after the you know the kickoff and the, and there was a sort of where field was reaching a little bit and might have lost the ball if, if his knee hadn't been down but all in all you know it looks like they've got you know the parts that might work it looks like Komet's going to be a weapon uh, offensively and uh, so uh, that was a good sign and the defense will be okay but again it doesn't tell you much, the preseason games. What did you think? You know, it's funny you say that. It, it, we, when we were talking about this earlier on this week between Dev and Paul and myself, I think the one takeaway I got is we are seeing a little bit of growth from Justin Fields. And it's not necessarily from Justin Fields on the field. You're seeing a coach that saw what we all saw. Oh, if I get this guy moving, get him out of the pocket, make him be able to read the defense, see the coverage, have a little time to make decisions, you know, like he did in college. He can make the big throws. He can make the accurate throw. And that's what you're seeing this, this preseason. They're making their mistakes. I think also you got to give credit to Ryan Poles. I think they've all bungled the situation between Roquan and the front office. But the one thing I think Ryan Poles has gotten right is first game with Kansas City and now this game against Seattle. First of all, we've seen that there is a drop-off between how the Bears are going to be bad and how Seattle is going to be bad. There mm -hmm. is still a gap there, which is interesting to see because as much as Chicago thinks it's doom and gloom, at least it's not Drew Locke and uh, Geno Smith in our quarterback position. But I do think Ryan Poles has done a good job of the second stringers, the third stringers, the fourth stringers, the guys who are going to be in practice squads, special teamers. He's found some dogs. He's found some guys that don't make mistakes. And, you know, we were all very high on Matt Nagy earlier on. But even early on in his tenure, we saw the switch happen. We saw that he wasn't necessarily confident in the man that he was when it comes to being a head coach. He was passive at times. He was aggressive at times. There were times where he was trying to be traditional. Then he was trying to be the smartest man in the room. Then he would play dumb. Then he would think that he it, he ran the entire gambit. I think Matt Eberflus is a man of his laurels. This is a man who's been a coordinator, has seen so many different type of regimes and I think that they kind of get what they – they're going to get the best out of their players. And I think that's why I'm a little bummed that Roquan didn't get paid because if you're going to develop him, a 25-year-old who should be an all-pro linebacker, what happens when you take all that specialty that he's never been able to go after the quarterback because the position doesn't allow it to now let him be a rusher, to now let him be there? 
I've said this, Marvelous. I think the, the two most important players in the NFL, the quarterback and the guy that goes after the quarterback. The third most important then is the guy who protects the quarterback. So if you got a stud in Justin Fields, and if you think you have a stud in Roquan who you're moving to the outside, I think you got to take care of both guys because now you have two destructive forces on that. But that's just for the optimism of Chicago. And uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And I also want to hear, I think, the bummer when we were talking about the announced group. I actually like Lewis Riddick. Darren Orlovsky is okay. Steve Levy, classic sports center guy. But when you know it's supposed to be Joe Buck and you know it's supposed to be Troy Aikman, it does take away a little bit of it. But I also, their entire schedule for the ESPN announced booth is a little weird. But with that, what do, what do you think? Uh, seeing that Eberflus is now second game, the roster, and even you know the anticipation of the new Monday night group. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, you know, and week two, by the way, they're going to have an ESPN game and an ABC game overlapping slightly, which is, you know, so Levy will get some some work. But in terms of, the, of, of what's going on, I mean, uh, Darnell Mooney's the man. I mean, I want to see some more of the offense, you know, uh, uh, I want to see what, what Jones can do, Vellis, and I want to see the running backs eventually. Montgomery, Herbert, is, you know, and they have blasting game too. I mean, I want to I want to see the whole package, and you're not going to see it in the in the preseason. It looks like, and uh, I noticed that on the defense uh, uh, that they seem to be, you know, the secondary seemed to be okay and whatnot. But uh, uh, I noticed also that uh, uh, one of our favorite players, Michael Schofield, didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was because of his performance in game one or whatever, but he didn't play. And it's, it's really hard to evaluate, uh, particularly on the, on the, on the short week and, 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 you know, and whatnot and one series for the offense, but they looked okay. You know, they, they scored a field goal. So that's good. So that's good to see. And, uh, and then there's that one more game and then there's a long gap too. It's uh, they not, they now don't have that fourth game and that's a, a bye week essentially. Uh, Labor Day weekend, so they, they won't play again until September, the 11th of September after the game this coming Saturday, uh, you know, in, in Cleveland. So um, I don't really like that the scheduling too much, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays off in the beginning of the season. And it's the one thing we've always been talking about. We're super excited. You know, we have a very football-heavy episode coming up very soon. We love this time of year because there's so much going on between MLB, between the NFL, between the NBA coming back, with the WNBA in the middle of playoffs. Like, this is an exciting time. And the fact that we just go to go all football, all out on it, I love it. But there has been a team that is quietly been playing really good of their own. And we'll get to them in just one second. But we want to know your thoughts two weeks into the preseason. Are you impressed with the Chicago Bears? Do you think they're going to be a little bit better than they seem to be by the bookies over in Vegas and here in Chicago? We want to know your thoughts. We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Tingle, Paul Shavari, and myself, Mike Mercado, here on the Sports Cubicle. But the Chicago Cubs have been Pretty dang good, Marvelous One. It has been an interesting season. There's been so many different moments where it's been turmoil. There's been good vibes. There's been bad vibes. It seems like there's going to be an uproar. It seems like everything is nice and in cloud nine. But this Chicago Cubs team, as of this recording, are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games and have fun five straight series. And it is something that I've been trying to tell you and I have been talking about. And the, if you're looking for something to look forward to next season – the ownership talking about spending money, seeing a lot of young guys getting called up and being the reason you're winning games, seeing a lot of pitching development. And if you're winning a couple of games in the second half of the season, Marvelous, is there something going into next year that you could take from now? 
Well, I mean, there is obviously the fact that they kept Contreras and Hat looks like maybe that's a plan. And that, that I think that, you know, to already not have a, a complete dismantling indicates that they're, that I, that I, that they're going to try to win perhaps. <laughs> I mean, and they also are and the pitching staff has been surprisingly good. They're developing their own pitchers um, and they're without some of their pitchers that would have contributed this way, like, like Hoyer and Alzale and, and even Mills. I mean, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, Hughes has been pretty good in the bullpen. That was, you know, not a guy that, that I expected. He's a converted outfielder, <laughs> made his big league debut debut in May. So, I mean, he's a, he's he's been a pleasant surprise. And the rest of the bullpen, Lighter and some of the others that have had all their, they have a number of play, pitchers who are, have great ERAs out of the bullpen. So um, once they dismantle the bullpen with the trades, they've been okay. In fact, you know, more than okay. And, um, they just have to solidify the starting rotation. And it looks like uh, offensively uh, they could use some uh, reinforcements here and there, but uh, uh, all in all, I mean, they Contreras has been a great <laughs> re-addition thinking he was gone. <laughs> and, uh, and that's so, uh, and they seem pretty solid. You know, it looks like Suzuki is going to be the right fielder for a while. And, uh, and then the infield, I mean, uh, it appears to me as though Horner's got shortstop for the foreseeable future and, and wisdom at third and, you know, maybe Madrigal at second, first base is a little bit of a competition right now because they put wisdom there to have some other players play in the infield. So um, it, it's a solid foundation. It's just a matter of um, adding a little bit, I think, of experience. Again, <laughs> I keep thinking of the Lester factor out of the starting rotation. That was a key acquisition to get them going towards 2016. So I'd say free agency. We, we really haven't done much with that obviously we brought in some new people kind of like suzuki's like a free agent i guess mm -hmm. and uh, some of the others but uh it would be nice to have uh, a big name uh acquisition for a free agency over the winter i think I, and we mentioned it last week that it factor when you brought in joe madden and then you brought in a john lester I mean, it changed everything. And then your guys were developing. You were drafting right. Theo and Jed were hitting on all cylinders. They didn't hit on everything. And we've seen it with, like, now that's happened with Jason Hayward and some of these contracts over the years and whatnot. You know, our, it doesn't always hit. But what you're seeing right now is, okay, some of the plan is coming to fruition. Whether or not it ends up on the second modern-day World Series, I don't know. But it seems like at least it's a competitive team, like they're heading in the right direction. And maybe that acquisition is Trey Turner. Maybe it is Alex Correa. Maybe it's waiting to see some of these kids come up. Maybe they're not going to go into spending a lot of money on an arm, but a lot of money on different positional players that are surrounding the Nico Horners and the Suzuki's and the Contreras and the Habs. And where that ends up leading, I think it's going to be really interesting. Now, this is the one thing I believe in. It's time. The division isn't that good. The Cardinals spend a lot of money, have a lot of key players, but they're on, at some point, you're on the other end of the Nolan Arenado contract. Albert Pujols is not going to have the fountain of youth the rest of the season. Maybe he's going to have another nice little stretch, but, and you've seen the Milwaukee drop-off finally happen. And then Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, how confident are you that they're going to make a run anytime soon in this modern-day baseball? So if you're the Chicago Cubs, you have some of these guys. You have some of these veterans. You're developing pitching. All you need to do is be at 88 games, 87 games. Be around there, and there's a good chance that next season you can compete for not only your NL Central, but one of those wild card divisions, one of those wild card games. And 
I think that's what should be motivating Cub fans into putting pressure into this offseason to this front office. Like, yeah, okay, not only do you need to be hitting on your draft picks and your development, you also should be finding the diamond in the roughs. Find your next Jake Arrieta that somebody gave up on and you developed and you made and who was ready to hit that next level in his in his career. And you need to go bring in some superstars. So, Marvelous One, if you had to put $5, you know, one of our friends over at FanDuel or Bet Rivers or DraftKings or whatever one of these legal places here in the state of Illinois, what would you think? Do the Cubs compete for the NL Central next year? Quite, I'm not quite that optimistic, but I will say that right now, if the season ended, the Brewers would not make the playoffs, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Phillies would have them beat out. So, I don't know. I, th- I mean, the Cardinals still look like they might be able to beat out the Cubs even in 2023 with what I'm thinking it's going to look like. But be that as it may, um, I mean, it does give some optimism with the sixth playoff spot. We were even talking about it earlier in the year that it looked like a pipe dream possibility, mm-hmm. but uh, not so much anymore. But even with the surge, but at least they're not uh, behind Pittsburgh and Cincinnati like they were at one point <laughs> not too long ago this season. So that's that's a good sign because, I mean, I mean every team wants to win. But, I'm, I'm, you know, Pittsburgh doesn't look like they're going to be winning anytime in the near future. Cincinnati looked like they were kind of on the road to that, um, you know, and they in the last year or two, they made some greedy acquisitions and, and whatnot. And uh, now there's looked like they sell, sold off. You know, they're starting pitching Castillo and some of the others that they get rid of. So the, the division's there for the taking. And and the wild card I could see as, a, as an outside possibility division still – be challenging you know they still have some question marks obviously they got they've got the young people in the in the in the in the farm system and and the pitching has been surprisingly good out of bullpen even after the sell-off of the bullpen Mm -hmm. so uh, i like what they're doing but i still don't feel that they have that they're that they're you know world series contenders at the moment let's put it that way even in 23 i mean it would be interesting to see if you know pro armstrong and some of the others Excuse me. Are gonna are gonna make a difference when they're brought up. We'll, we'll see how it goes. No, it, and it it brings up what we always talk about, whether it is the Bears or it is the Cubs or it is the Bulls over this last season. Where it's, you got to be competitive. Just be competitive. Be entertaining. Give me a reason. Give the fan base a reason to spend money, to spend their time instead of watching the new Game of Thrones or watching something on Netflix or watching Better Call Saul. That we're gonna watch your game. You have to be competent. And I think whether the Bears win six games. Three games, 12 games, if you see maturation from Darnell Moody, from Cole Komet, from Justin Fields, from the defense, you're happy with it. For the Cubs next season, if you see that the front office and ownership spends a little money, that they're competitive in games, that they're developing pitching, you don't need to win the World Series. You need to be entertaining and in the conversation when we're in August, when we're in September. You need to be buyers, not sellers, in the trade deadline. The biggest thing about you being in a in a field of dreams games isn't, oh, my God, they kept these players. They no. might spend money. You can't have that be the case. And I think that they're heading in that direction. And if the White Sox find the way to do something and wake up, it should be an interesting last few weeks of baseball in the city of Chicago. But Marvelous, any final thoughts as we have seen a huge winning streak from the Chicago Cubs? We've seen the Bears win two preseason games, and even the White Sox are making some noise. Two out of four in Houston, but mm, didn't end well. But again, bouncing back and trying to stay in this thing. Any final thoughts over the, a, a crazy week that was in Chicago sports? 
Well, I mean, it was a crazy week. It's, it's it's funny, you know. They talk about there are no champions in Chicago. Well, we had the sky on the the Wolves last year. The sky were on the brink of disaster, losing at home. It's an interesting setup too. They played two out of three, but the first two oh. at the higher seed. The, 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 the weirdest thing ever yeah. I've ever seen in yeah. sports yeah. is the way the WNBA is doing these playoffs. Well, and and the and even the MLB, I I would argue they're going to do the, the the wild card best of three with the the higher seed having the uh, home field. And you're going to see some weird stuff with that because. They could have the same exact record, and mm. the four seed will play the five, and the four will get all three games, which doesn't seem really fair. And there's also some imbalance, too, because you're going to have to have the di- divisional winners be the top three. And and the, the third divisional winner, say Cleveland or the White Sox, is mm. going to have a poorer record than four, five, and six, maybe. So it's it's going to be kind of weird in terms of the way the MLB does it, too. But, uh, you know, the Sox – for example, are, are still probably going to make the playoffs despite everything. And, uh, and, and, you know, so that's, that's a good thing for Chicago, but uh, all in all, you know, it's looking up, we've got uh, the bulls, you know, they came out with their schedule and the Blackhawks, you know, we know what their schedule is. And even though we're not going to have Foley or Olchick, it, it should be interesting. <laughs> so, you know, it, it goes on and on, but uh, it was kind of interesting too. They brought in Girardi, you know, to do the, uh, some broadcasting for a couple series, Joe Girardi, the ex-cub, former Philly manager. So he, I thought that was some nice insight to have a different voice in there in the booth uh, for the Brewer series. And I guess he's going to do some Marlins when they go to Miami. So I think that's, that's a good thing. And, and uh, so uh, I like, I like what's going on with the, with the, with the Chicago sports scene. And uh, let's be optimistic. Let's say that the bears do go, you know, go eight, nine and eight, 10 and seven, that would be terrific. So, and and, we, and there's hope springs eternal in August for the Bears. <laughs> it's the only time it does if you're a Bears fan. And you know what? It's it's going to be shout out to the Sky for talking about perseverance and making uh, a statement in game two. And shout out to Giannis Antetokounmpo. You don't have to wait. You can come to Chicago right now. Me and Marvel will come pick you up. Like, we will leave this recording right now and come pick you up. <laughs> very impressed that you did this. I never call him by name. I call him the Greek freak. It's very impressive. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts the week that was here in Chicago sports. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the rest of the sports cubicle. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado.